Today on the show, I'm happy to have Magnus Rebang. He's the Chief Product Officer at OpenStream AI. They create conversational AI for visionaries. And we were just talking about the struggle in finding balance in all areas of life. Absolutely. And thank you for having me, by the way. I'm terribly bad at balance. And it's always been that way, I think, through my whole professional career. Because and it affects a lot of things. I think I've become more rounded as I've aged in a way, but it's always that kind of continuous thing. If I get passionate about something or energetic about something, I just don't stop. I will not sleep. I will power through it. And that kind of have certain effects because at the end of the week, you just crash, right? Totally. And yeah, I think it translates all the things as well of balance when you should listen or when you should actively talk, when you should sit down and learn versus just do, and when you should kind of reflect over what you're doing versus continuing and stuff like that. It's always been, for me, balance has always been a struggle. I think I've wised up over the years, but as I said, it's a, it's a hard thing to find. And I wish I knew what I know now know as an older, more experienced person when I was young, even more, even worse, but I guess I get it brings some good things with it as well, but it's true. I like the analogy of the three-legged chair. I'm always trying to find yeah. the fourth leg. Absolutely. I think I'm more of, oh, chair, can I build something new that nobody's seen before? And what, what does the best chair in the world look like? And then you get going and suddenly, yeah. It's always a thing. Into your life over the years that have helped you with this. It is. I think it's down to confidence, right? I think that at least my inability to balance things in the past have always been due to maybe not, maybe seeing confident on the outside, but you always have this non-confidence. Is it good enough yet? Is it, is there something more I should know? Is there, and that nagging feeling that there, there's something more that needs to be done or something more that could be do, done kind of creates that, that imbalance. So I think as you have more success in your life and more confident in your own abilities, it's easier to put something to the side and say, I'm pretty confident that I will be able to pick it up tomorrow and actually add more to it. But that's, yeah, it, so it, it comes down to confidence, I think, which is mainly but that brings up all the things when you talk about careers and stuff like that. I've also, again, with balance, I think I sometimes at the, when I've had my stages in my career, that I've always been good in seeking new challenges, right? This is always a step up, stay for the comfort <laughs> a little too long. So yeah, but I think it's in, in all of it, it's down to confidence. I think to, ba to be able to balance things. You have to know that you can still accomplish what you want and still accomplish your doing it exactly in this moment or now. So the constant push for, like you were saying, the chair, how do I improve it? So I see why you're chief product officer. <laughs> what are you doing right uh, now with OpenStream? Oh, I'm doing a lot of things and it's so much fun, right? Because you're, you're suddenly in, in the middle of, of a renewed AI AI has always gone through these waves, but the current one is really exciting and having a lot of AI PhDs <laughs> around you, lots of data scientists that, that has an incredible kind of technical knowledge of how to do things. 
and then taking that up and shaping it into things that actually bring value, right? And from a design standpoint, you can say that I've always been driven in my whole life around how do we interact with machines. And there's one focused on on cool technology as everybody else, but the coolest thing is what is the societal impact? What's the human impact of the technology has always been like one of the main interests I had. And I see the current sort of wave of AI as as being probably the biggest thing since the internet. Spend my time shaping, one is shaping tools that allow enterprises to get value from this. The other is thinking about what can this technology ultimately do and how do I package that in a way that will be consumable, that a business user can pick up and use and, and also try to be a step ahead when it seems like something new is happening every day, right? The number of announcements that we see every day is incredible, but still there is a there is room to actually think one, two, three years ahead and say, this is where I think the world will be and then aim for that, right? You have to aim for where the market will be in three years, not where it is to so balancing these things is a challenge, but it's super important because, or super exciting as well, because basically you have to rethink everything. And I really like that, like the example with the share, right? Immediately when I'm not a conformist in any way, shape or form when it comes to how I think about things. So I will challenge what is the accepted way of doing things. What's the accepted design shape? flow and say, is there a way to do this better? Is there a, another way of doing this? And, and I think it's a golden opportunity because we're just like the beginning of the internet for every website looks now every website looks the same, right? And now all these new AI innovation, they will all be different. And then they will gradually hone down on the things that actually works and gives value. But being in that kind of innovative space where you can experiment, go broad and have to try to find that one in a hundred thing that will actually work. That That's extremely exciting. So yeah, I'm having lots of fun and yeah, it's, it's cool. So what is your three year out prediction? What are you aiming towards right now? Oh yeah. Okay. So this is very interesting because every time there is a new technology and now everything is about generative AI and basically generative AI is prediction algorithms that predict what you want, basically. It just predicts very good what you want. And if you look at or make a list of what's the strength of generative AI versus what's the weaknesses of generative AI, you will you'll find weaknesses, hallucinations, it's non-deterministic, it's somewhat unpredictable. And strengths, of course, it, it, it's mind-blowing what it can do sometimes it's, and stuff like that. And if, but if you take that, and then you take another part of AI, which is called symbolic AI, right? Which is basically manipulating logic and symbols, reason over things and plan things. For example, if you have a warehouse robot that navigates a warehouse, most of what it does is actually symbolic AI and not deep learning type systems. But the strengths and weaknesses of symbolic AI is the exact opposite of generative AI. Right? <laughs> so it's like you switch the columns and you go, oh, now it makes sense. So logically, a fusion of the two will be 
the next wave because people are going to overuse generative AI, right? They're going to run into these problems. Like academia already has you know, pointed out a lot. Oh, they can't really plan. They can't really do things like that and reason. And a symbolic AI that can plan and reason. If you fuse them together, you get something called neural symbolic AI. And if, but you have to do it correctly. And finding out how to fuse it correctly so that you can eliminate the weaknesses of the neuro side and eliminate the weaknesses on the symbolic side and only keep the strengths of both. That, I think, is the three-year out. It will be a fusion of different approaches to AI. And fortunately, I'm sitting on a large patent portfolio and things like that, which uh, of this, because this, yeah, when I went to OpenStream, that was one of the reasons oh, really? I'm going. So, yeah. So that gives it a luxury of saying, okay, you go through the patent portfolio and Sarah, these two kind of make sense together. So it's a matter of then building products around it or actually then flipping some patents to others. It's, it is the matter of having a lot of technology that is built as technology and making it into products that solve repeatable problems. We can solve a lot of problems of taking our platform and do small customizations for a customer. But, but as we see large language models and stuff like that, and other generative AI move at breathtaking pace, a lot of the focus is on, on creating that fusion. And yeah, it's, it creates opportunities that I think nobody's, it's like nobody predicted e-commerce when they first saw the first website, but it became very clear and then all services in the world is suddenly on the web and it's the same thing here it's technology is a little bit in front of what is actually sold so there's a abundance of technology but a scarcity of ideas of how to use technology and that's like the klondike of ai if you look at startups and stuff like that but ultimately i'm concentrated on how to democratize using this technology to generate value, right? And then that means making it available, not for a PhD with a beefy graphic card, but for a business analyst in an insurance firm. And yeah, bridging that gap is also interesting. Mm -hmm. So if our listeners wanted to learn more about OpenStream or get in touch with you, how could they yeah. do Oh, look me up on LinkedIn and I will happy 30 minute or one minute, one hour, show you what we do. You can go on our website, see. But what I can say is that we operate on the very cutting edge of solutions. And that is the interesting side because, for example, we do conversational AI, which a lot of people will say, ah, oh, you do chat, right? But we do it in a completely different way than anybody else. We have a different approach, different vision for doing it. So the first kind of element is that it's built multimodal from the ground up. Whether you circle a map or you say the name of a district or things like that, we understand the meaning of what you're conveying from different modalities. And we don't do the conversa typical conversational AI, which is basically taking what somebody says and do a deep learning intent recognition to map it to a scripted flow, right? Our philosophy is that you shouldn't script the dialogue at all. You should tell the system, this is the business process we have for canceling a credit card. 
this is the policy documents we have for credit cards. And this is the open API descriptions we have for, for the services to, to do it. Now you can have any, and then have the system do any conversation on top of it. Because whenever I go into a bank or insurance company or pharmaceutical company, I never see a conversational designer on the employee list, right? So there's nobody there that can actually go in and decide in a conversation. But I see a thousand business analysts, which is there's tons of people that are able to collect the, and map out the domain. So if I have a system that is able to have any conversation, as long as you describe the domain correctly, like you would do to a new employee in the in call center. <laughs> And you can say there's the certain things, right? Because we then generate dialogue on the fly. We can navigate things. We can do things that nobody else can. Take, a, take an example. Let's say we want to schedule something, right? If I have a regular chatbot that I have to decide what the chatbot should say to anyone time, and I go, when do you like your appointment? You would never answer an ex Wednesday 8 a.m., right? You would go Wednesday or Thursday before noon, right? You would answer with a constraint. And then the system, we tackle that fine. We go, we do a search on that and go, oh, yeah, what about Wednesday at 8 a.m.? But then I go, too early. And then I go, okay. So if the next, then you update the constraints. So if the next one available is Thursday at 8 a.m., it actually won't propose that because that was too early, right? So it would then go to the next one let's say 9 a.m. and go, oh, Thursday at 9 a.m. Now, let's say that I book, try to book this appointment with a particular branch, right? So I settle at Thursday at 9 a.m. for that particular branch. And then I go, oh, bah, no, I can't make it to that branch because I'm actually working at the other office. So can I get a, a branch that's closer to that office, right? Now, if I had scripted out the conversation, I would have to go all the way back and start again, but I can keep the constraints. So I know the constraints for when I want to do the, the appointment. And if you switch to the branch, I can do a search on that constraint and I can say, oh, by the way, I have 10, only 10 AM on Thursday for that branch, but it's still a proposal. I'm reasonably confident you will accept. So being able to do that kind of logic. It's super hard if all you do is design it on what should you say to at any one point in the dialogue. In fact, it breaks down, right? In complexity, uh, you're asking the designer to predict everything the user conceivably can do. So that's why we, our goal, our, and we're largely successful in it, is to remove the need to do any, any design of dialogue whatsoever. And, and that's, yeah, so that, that is what's exciting in what we do. And now that large language models, especially the large language model you can run locally have come, we're actually using that for paraphrasing personalities of that, what we, what the system says, right? And so the symbolic system decides what to say, but the large language models running locally, because you can't use chat GPT and stuff like that because it's too slow. They have to run it, run a local model, fine tune and stuff like that. But that will actually paraphrase it and decide how to say it. And it will actually change the personality based on the personality of the one talking to them.
So it takes the whole dialogue and thus determinations with custom models of what's the personality, what's the anxiety level, disappointment, stuff like that. And we can even on video take facial expressions. We can to go tunnel on things and combine those to make a prediction on what will be the, how would be the best way to paraphrase the meaning behind it. So things like that is extremely exciting, but I do feel that with systems like that, one of the main problems from a product design standpoint that I struggle with is that 99.99% of conversational interfaces out there can't do what we can do. So people are trained to not even try it. So when they're exposed to the bot, they don't know that they can do the things they can. Another example is that at any one point in a dialogue with our platform, you can ask why, and you can actually get an answer of why the bot decided to, to say what it said. For example, let's say you have a conversation about an insurance company, right? And we have this for a customer and the, you've had your phone stolen from your, your car and the bot will, as part of the claims process, will say, where was the phone in the car? And if you say, why do you need to ask that? Or, or why are you asking that? It will explain. Basically, we only cover phones that's hidden from view. So where was the phone? And if you then say, oh, it was in the glove compartment, it's actually intelligent enough to determine that if it's a glove compartment, it probably was out of view. And it goes. But you, you can see where kind of these, how complex things quickly become in, 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 those, in those situations. But asking why, then in a regular environment, a design of a day to predict that people will ask why and then create a custom answer if anybody asks why in, in a particular situation. And we don't think that's something you should spend your time on. Yeah, it sounds like a very exciting and unique approach to this. And Magnus, yeah. I want to thank you for coming on the show today. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.